We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. One thing, what does it look like when a man or a woman of God gets fired up? I've been talking about faith and the five faith challenge and some of you have been given testimonies already. I need you to call the church, write it down, put it to me in an email, send it on our Facebook page, whatever you want to do. Talk about how God has answered your faith five challenge. Continue it. Don't stop it because just because we get finished with the series doesn't mean we stop it. Some of you are still praying at 1020 in the morning and 1020 at night, right? One minute, 1020. Put that on your phone. Make it a little alarm. 1020 in the morning, 1020 at night. Pray for one minute. I'm going to tell you what. It makes a difference. We are here today because we are victorious in Christ. I thank God you got up out of bed and made it to church this morning. That's an awesome victory. A lot of people didn't. They go, ah, I deserve a day of rest. Hey, wait a minute. Be careful. We've got to get this thing right. So today I'm starting a new series entitled Fired Up. Fired Up. Church has got to get fired up. We've got to get on fire for God. The word of God says that our God is a consuming fire. And he consumes all of the things in our life that ought not to be there, burns it up, and leaves what ought to stay in our lives. Fired up. What does it mean to be on fire for God? I believe that convictions shape our conduct. See, we're going from faith. Now, what do we add to that faith? Works. Convictions. What are your convictions? What are my convictions? You see... Convictions are only convictions if they shape your conduct. If it determines how you live out your life. My convictions shape my conduct. They shape what I say yes to. They shape what I say no to. They shape where I go and where I don't go. My life is guided and determined by my convictions. Some people today in this society think... Well, as long as you're sincere, that's all that matters. We're hearing a lot of that ideology going around today. Just be sincere. As long as you're sincere about it, as long as you're passionate about it, as long as you give it all you got, that's all that matters. Wrong. You can be sincere about wrong things. You can be passionate about things that are wrong, that are not true, that are false. We have a lot of ideology and theology going around today, but all of that must be grounded in truth. Truth. Our convictions must be connected to truth. Not just passionate, sincere convictions, but convictions that are tied to the truth. John chapter 14 verse 6 says this, Jesus answered, as long as you get on some kind of sincere, passionate route, you're going to be okay. No, he says this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And here's the deal. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's a one-road deal. And the last time I read the Word of God, it's a narrow road. Not everybody finds it. 
We've got ideologies today in our society and they're floating even through the church that as long as you are passionate and sincere, it doesn't matter what it is because God will honor that. No, no, no. God will honor a heart that comes to him through his son Jesus Christ that walks through the blood of Jesus Christ and it washes away all their sins. It cleanses them from all unrighteousness and he takes that pen, dips it in that same blood and writes your name in the Lamb Book of Life. If you did not go to God like that, you're not getting there. I'm going to need some fired up people today. I'm trying to preach truth to you. I came loaded for bear. I came loaded to kill a lion with a BB gun today, man. True convictions. I'm talking about convictions that get you fired up. Convictions that get you on the very precipice of going and marching into hell and saying, uh 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 uh, this ain't going to happen. I'm talking about convictions that you begin to say, hey, I have this conviction. It is based upon the word of God and not all of hell is going to shake me on this. Convictions. It's time that we settle our convictions and it's time that we get fired up. Fired up. 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah, I mean Elijah. Bad dude, bad dude. Elijah was a man on fire for God. Elijah was a man who, who when he spoke, things happened. So Elijah goes to this king by the name of Ahab, and he talks to him and his wife, and his wife's name's Jezebel. And Jezebel must have been one fine-looking woman. You gotta read the Bible. Because this one woman was able to begin to uh, finesse, manipulate, whatever, the hurt, used her womanly ways on her husband, the king. And she was so good that she got the nation of Israel to begin to worship Baal and Asherah. Now, Baal is a God that is very exclusive. He's a God that gets into lust, sex, power, and the elements. So she is able to convince her husband, make it a nationwide practice. We're going to worship Baal. And then Baal had a female counterpart by the name of Asherah. Asherah. And so throughout the nation, Baal had these big idols made up for sacrificing to Baal and sacrificing to Asherah. And so the nation was worshiping Baal and the nation was worshiping Asherah. And so Elijah comes on the scene and he talks to Ahab and Jezebel and he says this, hey guys, I just wanted to let you know I got a tip from God this morning. And he came to me and told me to come to you and to say this, that for the next three and a half years, there's not gonna be any rain. He says that, gets up, walks out, and how many know Elijah's a smart dude? He left the country for a while. For three and a half years, he was gone. He did not want to have any part of the judgment of God upon a people who are worshiping multiple gods. So three and a half years pass. No water, no rain, no crops. Dust is flying everywhere. Animals are dying but the people of Israel are still worshiping Baal. Now, Baal was a God that demanded sacrifice. And this wasn't a sacrifice of just, 
you know, vegetables. He's not a vegan God. He's a cannibalistic, meat-eating God. And so at first what they would do is when they would take over a nation, they would take all the children of that nation and sacrifice those children to Baal and Asherah by burning them on the altar. But then when they ran out of those children of foreign nations that they took captive, they would then take and have their servants have children, and they would sacrifice the servants' children. And the younger the baby, the more powerful the sacrifice. But then when they ran out of the children of the servants, then they started bringing their own little children, their own infants. Moms, can you imagine? Can you imagine walking up to that Baal sacrifice and laying your little baby on that altar to have it consumed with fire. Can you imagine that? And that's what was going on. And I got to tell you, these people worshiping these two gods plus Jehovah Almighty, they need somebody to get on fire for God. They need somebody to get on fire. But when you have conviction, conviction will always fire up Conflict. Conflict. I want you to look at this moment. First Kings 18, verse 17. Whenever Ahab saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? What? How many know Ahab's got it messed up? He's taking and pointing a finger when Elijah comes back and said, You're the reason that we are having trouble. It's you, Elijah. You're the one who said no rain. You're the one. How many of you know whenever you're not doing right, you want to point fingers at everybody else? It's their fault. It's their fault we're in this situation. I mean, my mama dressed me funny, and it's affecting me now as an adult, and it's, it's their fault. Uh, she painted my nursery the wrong color, so that's why I am the way I am today. Uh, you know, it, it's the social uh, atmosphere that we're living. That's what's causing me to have so many problems and causing me trouble. No, no, no. Well, I'll tell you what, it's the, the school systems have, have let me down and let my kids down. And, and then the church is, gets blamed and, and then the pastor gets blamed. How many of you know everybody wants to point fingers at everybody else when you're doing something wrong and things aren't going right in your life and you get trouble from God? All of a sudden you want to point your fingers at It's not my fault. It's them. Blame, blame, blame. Blame is lame, right? It's lame. And that's what Ahab was doing. He pointed his finger to Elijah and said, hey, you're the trouble. You're the reason. And here's what Elijah said in verse 18. I have not made trouble for Israel, but you and your father's family have. I love a guy with convictions. He's standing right up to the king and says this. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Wow. Conviction. Conviction. He was able to have the boldness of God. Conviction. Convictions will bring conflict. If you are a Christian today and you think, well, I shouldn't have any conflict in my life, I shouldn't have any troubles, well, if you don't have any troubles, you don't have any conflict, it's because you don't have true convictions. When you have true convictions, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have conflict with society. Come on, if you're a real 
Christian with convictions, you're going to have conflict with society and their ideologies because they don't match. You're going to have uh, convictions versus conflictions in your life sometimes with your family. It, it will happen with your friends. It, it will happen in your job. Because you see, when the Bible talks about convictions, it talks about this Christian life that we're living today, it uses words like this. That, hey, we are in a battle. Matter of fact, uh, the writer of Ephesians says, you need to get a sword and a shield every day and get ready for warfare. Yeah, these are the terms. It says this, that we are in a race. And you better run, don't quit, run with endurance, finish this thing. It talks about that we are in a fight. We fight, we warfare. Why? Because we have convictions, we have the truth. And the truth in other societies and the truth even in our societies today is being trampled down by ideologies and people don't have convictions about the word of God but they have convictions about other things and I gotta tell you, their convictions, they, they get more fired up about their convictions than the church gets fired up about the word of God and their convictions. It's time for the church to get fired up. It's time for us to have some boldness and to stand in those situations. I have found that sometimes without true convictions, your convictions will change based upon the situation. Hmm? Your conviction will change based upon the subject matter. Well, you have a strong conviction here, but mm, not so strong here. Or your convictions may be persuaded by the social setting you're in. Who you're with at that moment may help to form your convictions. Listen, we've got to have convictions that are not based upon subject. Convictions that are not based upon situational ethics. Convictions that are not based upon our society, but convictions that are based upon the word of God. We're in a fight. This is war. The enemy says he's got a threefold plan. Steal, kill, destroy. The church goes, well, well, just the way it is today, Pastor. No, no, no. No. These people were worshiping two sets of gods. They had Baal and Asherah, and they knew how to worship Baal, and they did it with all their heart, man. They came in with passion, shouting, singing, all kinds of things. You read about it. They were passionate about that sacrifice. But then they also would go to the temple of the Lord God Jehovah and go through the rituals of worship in the temple, and they would get passionate about that. Some of you are sitting there today and go, Pastor, what does any of this have to do with us today? That was Elijah. Whoa. Let me shed some truth. We got people today who can go over here to Baal and Asherah, sex, lust, power. And man, they are passionate. Worshiping at the idol's feet. Man, it's driving their life. I believe that this kind of sex, it will fulfill my life. It will take away all the emptiness. This kind of lust, man, that's what I'm going after. That's what I'm passionate about. This kind of power, that's all I want. That's all I want. I want more of that. And they sacrifice all the things in their life to get it. And then the same people walk over here and say, okay, now Lord, I'm going to worship you because it's Sunday and it's the Sabbath and I want to observe your rituals and observe you, but, but I want to make sure that, that I've got both things covered. Listen, you better read one more of the commandments. He said, I'm a jealous God. We can only have one true love. 
These people, they were Israelites. These were God's chosen people. And they were worshiping Baal and Asherah, and then they were worshiping Jehovah God all at the same time, trying to blend it all together. And I see people today trying to blend it all together, blended lifestyles. Convictions bring conflict. Convictions will affect your life. Look at verse 19. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Wow. I'm not good at math, but that's 850 prophets. Bring them all. I love Elijah. Because convictions send a message. Elijah wants to send a message. How many of us need today to send a message? People today are looking for somebody who has real convictions. People today are looking for churches that have real convictions. That, that won't begin to, to stumble and to stammer when it becomes a situation that gets real close. But they stand true on the word of God. Convictions that don't change from the pressures from the outside, convictions that are burned into your soul, convictions that have been burned into your mind, convictions that have been burned into your spirit. And I'm gonna tell you, a person like that, their life sends a message. And everybody will see it. And everybody will hear it. And I pray today that it's a consistent message. Consistent message. Verse 20. So Ahab sent word out throughout all Israel and assembled the people and the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, here's the question. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Make a choice. Do something. Quit trying to blend all this stuff together. Quit trying to get all your ideologies covering all the bases. Quit trying to get your theology mixed all in with all the other all theologies of the world. You either serve God, worship God, be followers of God, or serve Baal, follow Him. Just whichever one is the truth, get after it. And then the last part of that thirst, but the people said nothing. I've preached in those churches. I've preached where I, I proclaim the word of God, man, it's on fire, it's anointed, and everybody. Who's he talking to? Uh, boy, what did he eat yesterday? Uh, I thought he was hurt. I thought he had a sling on. I thought he was preaching, you know, handicapped. <laughs> hey, I may be slinging, but I'm going to still be singing. <laughs> I've worked on this, man. I may be slinging, but I'm still praying. I may be slinging, but I'm still shouting. But why? Because there's something burning inside of me that says it's time for the church to be the church and get fired up. It's time for us to have convictions outside of the church. People said nothing. He said, it's been three and a half years of drought. I thought you was offering a sacrifice to Baal. Doesn't he uh, command the elements? What's going on? How long will you sacrifice? How long will you waver? People today are still wavering all over the place. 
All over the place. All over the place. Trying to find things that will satisfy their life. Have you ever straddled a fence for very long? It hurts. You're going to find out you're not happy on either side. You're miserable in church, so I got to go to church. Oh man, I got to go to church. That guy's going to get up there and he's going to shout and spit and be loud and I got to just get through it. Then all of a sudden you got to go out in the world. Oh man, I got to go out in the world and my friends are asking me to go party and I don't really want to, but I got to because they're my friends. If I don't go partying with them, I'm going to lose them as friends. Uh, listen, I've had to face all those things. I used to work in the secular world for a long time and after work, get off at midnight at night, guess where all the guys wanted to go? Partying. Let's go get some beers together. Let's go down to the, to the they call them jukin joints in Mississippi. I don't know what they call them out here. Let's go down to the jukin joints. No, man, I got a wife and kids. I'm going home. I got convictions. Guess what? After about two or three times of asking, they just quit asking me because they know my conviction is not going to change. I don't have time for that. I got to go home and take care of my wife and kids. I've got convictions. I'm married, man. I'm not partying. Well, they said, well, you, was you a preacher? No, I was just one of the guys. But I wasn't one of the guys. You see, God had me there because I've got to be a light in the middle of darkness. I got to let them know that you can have an abundant life without partying and partying and partying and partying and partying all the time. Come on. We, we got to have some convictions. Convictions. Time to get fired up. Two choices. Make a choice. Which one? They said nothing. So Elijah thought, well, I guess I'll just try to you know, persuade him with smooth talk. No, no, here's what he does. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Verse 22. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets. It's one to 450. I mean, 850. Baal has 450. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves. You let them choose first. And, and let them cut it into pieces, put it on the wood, but not set it to fire. I will prepare the other bull, put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who enters by fire. He is God. Sounds like a pretty fair deal, doesn't it? Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull, given to them, prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us. <laughs> they shouted. I think they were fired up, don't you? I don't think they were going, let's get fired up. Baal, shout. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced all around the altar. That takes some energy, doesn't it? That takes some effort. They are dancing for three, four, five hours, dancing, shout, Baal, Baal, answer us. They were determined. They were sincere. They were sincere. They danced, shouted. Look at this, verse 27. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Elijah is the father of smack. <laughs> the father of it, man. He, he plays head games, gets in their mind. Look what he does. He says, shout louder. <laughs> I think maybe your God may be deaf a little bit. Shout louder. Dance better. Shout louder. Who know the world shouts today? Shouts at their gods. He says, shout louder. Surely he is a God. I love Elijah. Perhaps he's deep in thought. Or busy, 
Maybe he's traveling. He's not here right now. Maybe he's over in France. I don't know where he's at. Maybe he's in Australia. I don't know. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. Giving him all kind of attributes and options. But those of you who are Hebrew scholars, you really know how he started out when he says perhaps he is in deep thought. You know, in the Hebrew that says, your God might be in the restroom. That's exactly what it says. But the writers didn't want to put it that way in your Bible and my Bible, but the Hebrew says, hey, he's probably using the restroom in deep thought. Isn't that where some of you do your best thinking right there, your deep thinking right there? It's biblical. I'm not telling you nothing that's not true. Read it. Maybe he's in there taking some time for deep thought. Maybe he's busy, he's traveling, he's asleep. Maybe he's deaf, shout, and Elijah is throwing it down. And some people say today, oh, I don't want to say anything because I might hurt somebody's feelings. Listen, we're not here to hurt feelings, but we're here to call out God upon God. And whichever God is real, then let's serve that God today. Let's be all in. Let's stop blending. Let's stop straddling the fence. Let's do everything we got with all we got and get fired up. Hallelujah. Hell better watch out when I get up. Elijah's talking to smack. Can you not wake him up? Look at verse 28. So they shouted louder. Oh, man. He got to them. And then they began slashing themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Isn't it amazing how far some people will go after sex and lust and power? They will sacrifice themselves, shed their own blood. I mean, they're cutting each other. They're cutting themselves, bleeding all over the place. Midday passed. They continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Wow. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord. You see, the altar of the Lord had been in disrepair. Elijah comes up there and repairs it because the other people had torn it down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes, right? Descended from Jacob to whom the word of the Lord came saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord God. He dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seas of seed. He arranged the wood cut the bull into pieces, laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, now you got to remember, three and a half years of drought. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Well, we're getting water after three and a half years. It's precious, isn't it? Listen, if you want God to accept you and your sacrifices, you're going to have to offer up something precious. Mm. At the time... Of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. I love that. He included Israel right in there. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. 
Then the fire of the Lord fell, burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Come on, somebody get praising God right now. Because some man had convictions. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, they went from saying nothing to shouting. Amen. Well, pastor, you don't understand the position that I have in our society and community, and I just don't think that's very, um, you know, dignified that you would have me shout. Hey, listen, I've seen the quietest of people get the loudest when the fire of God falls on them. Amen? I've seen the quietest of people, the most reserved people. Hey, listen, come on. You don't know my past. We had a mayor of our city in Texas shouting all over the place. Oh, he's Baptist. He don't do that. He comes when I when he, when, fire, fire. When I if I stick my finger to fire, I don't just go. Oh, I burnt my finger. No. Ow. Anybody have fire in you today? Something inside your belly that's burning, something about convictions that may have been laying dormant just a little bit. I'm here today to say, God, answer my prayer for PCA. God, answer my prayer for PCA. I want them to know that there is only one God that cannot be blending their lifestyles, they cannot be blending their situations or their convictions. They need to have one God and one God only, and that is the true Jehovah God. And God, if you are God, then I pray today for all fire upon this congregation. Put fire in your heart again. Let me fan into flame. Don't gift that is within you today and let God consume. Consume everything inside of you. One God plus one man is majority. James 5, 17 and 18 says this, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. He again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced his crops. A man of prayer, faith, Convictions. Elijah told them to bring him some wood, bring him water, bring him a bowl. The Bible tells us that our works of flesh are like wood, hay, and stubble, right? So what Elijah would tell us today is bring all your fleshly works, your wood, your hay, and your stubble, bring it. I don't care how wet it is. Come on. I got to tell you something. If God's not speaking something to your heart today, maybe your wood's wet. It's okay to have wet wood as long as you bring it to God. Elijah saturated that wood. He wanted to make sure nobody could say it's a trick. It's magicians or something like that. And God is saying to every one of us today, I, I've already had to come down and kneel in my heart and give it to God and say, God, if there's anything in my life that I'm trying to blend, God, forgive me. If there's anything in my life that's wood, hay, and stubble, God, I want you to burn it up out of me. Consume me with your fire. Burn it out of me. I just want what is right, what is good, what is holy to be left and made into pure gold. God, that's what I want. I want to be a pastor that's on fire. I don't want people to come to church today and go, wow, that, that was really about the worst message and, and the least passion. I about fell asleep 15 times. I don't want that. 
I want somebody to walk out of here going, man, God's word challenged me today. The spirit of God challenged me today. I got to go home. I got to look at some of my convictions. Am I wavering in any part of my life? I got to go home and check it out. Am I letting things come into my life that have dampened my fire, that, that have begun to quench this fire that God put inside of me? Fire of the Holy Spirit. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit descended like tongues of fire on every one of them. And they began to shout and praise and worship God while they were on fire for God. And they shouted out of the building all through the streets. And people said, these people must be drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. He said, no, we're not drunk. We just got a new wine. We got a new fire. And we're acting different today because there's something different inside of me. So the day to challenge for you and me is this. We got to bring them our wood, hay, and stubble. No matter how long it's been since you felt that fire, bring it. Oh, and by the way, some of you may not like this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, bring all your bull and get it down here. Bring your bull too. He wants the wood, the water, and the bull. Bring it. Because that's what you got to lay on the altar. We got to decide, are we going to waver? We're going to waver? Because i got to tell you, in our society, we've got a lot of wavering. Not only in the society, but in our churches, a lot of wavering. People are questioning what should be convictions. People are questioning what God has written in this book and go, remember these words? Did God really say that? The oldest tactic of the devil from day one. Did God really say that? And you know all the topics we're dealing with in our society today. You know because you're confronted with it and your convictions will bring conflict into your life. People will say to you, I can't believe that you're narrow-minded. I, I, thought, I thought you were a Christian. I thought you loved people. Hey, we do love everybody. But I got convictions, man. Convictions not based upon popular conclusions or convictions that are not based upon situational ethics or conclusions that are not based upon who I am or where I am or who I'm with. And all. No, these convictions are the same whether I'm in church on Sunday morning or out somewhere on Saturday night, Friday night with friends on Monday night, whatever case may be, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at school, doesn't matter. I have convictions based on the word of God. And they don't change from generation to generation. Elijah was not there to try to convince them with his great vocabulary. He was a phenomenal preacher. Wasn't there to preach. He just said, choose. Joshua said the same thing, didn't he? Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Not straddling anything. We're not blending anything. We're all in. We're all in. We're all in. I've had people through the years talk a lot of bull to me. Well, here's one of the things they told me when I first started preaching. After you mature a little bit more, you'll begin to calm down just a little bit. Because when you preach, you, you, you get too loud and you move around too much and, and you, you need to work on that. I still 
have a fire burning. And when you got a fire burning, you get a little loud sometimes. When you got a fire burning inside of you, it makes you want to move around just a little bit because I can't stay still. I can't be quiet. Why? Because God is speaking into my heart and I want him to speak in your heart today. It's time for the church to get fired up, to have convictions, to live by those convictions, to send a message to all your friends. I'm a child of God. I'm not going to waver. This is who I am. This is where I stand. And I believe that God will begin to rain fire down in your home, fire down into your job, fire down into your marriage, fire down into your heart, and it'll change everything you're thinking about. It'll burn up all the wood, hay, and stubble, and all the rationalizations that we do sometimes with situations in our lives and in the lives of our dear friends. And I'm seeing God do incredible things in your life. You're sharing that with me. Look at what God is doing. That's because we're getting out of blending and we're getting into one God. If God is God, if the Lord God Jehovah is God, follow him. If the ways of this Baal and Asherah and sex and lust and power and all of that is what God is, then you serve that one. But just choose which way you're going because if not you're going to be one miserable person I've seen them they're miserable everywhere and they want everybody else to be miserable with them yeah and they're always blaming everybody else for all their troubles y'all are all the reason why I'm like this it's your fault yeah no no. It's time to get the wood hand stubble and put it on the altar. Time to bring your bull. Time to say, God, you and you alone. Would you stand with me this morning? Message. Join us anytime at PCAchurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.